Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, sounds pretty good. I, I don't know what was going on yesterday, but I'm, I'm getting a pretty good sound now. Hmm, all right. Oh, that's good. I was really bummed out. <laughs> you know, I heard of here what was going on. You know? Yeah. Maybe it was uh, just too much bandwidth usage. Yeah, who knows? It was just the, the way the universe was yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm using yeah. okay. the, the TalkShoe Live Pro for the first time. I just downloaded that. Yeah? What do you think uh, of it? Yesterday. Uh, you, well, yeah, it's very different. <laughs> well, it sure handles text in a more interesting way. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, uh, I mean, that's really the only difference. I mean, once you, I mean, it's just the way it handles text. You know, but it, it's uh, real nice. Well, uh, so anyway, oh, okay. uh, that accomplished our purpose. If you would like to talk about something, I'm open to that. Um, no, I guess not. Um. Okay. What about? I actually, I'm still interested in that uh, that email you got yesterday. I've been thinking about that. Oh, you haven't. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, after we stopped talking, I did email him back and gave him my phone number and said, if you'd like to talk further, uh, contact me. And uh, so we'll see. Okay. Oh, good. Well, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'll re- tell you, I was mo- the reason I'm still thinking about it is I was surprised at your response. <laughs> It's just, it's just, you know. I mean, I have formed a certain opinion about you, and uh, and when you start violating my, uh, <laughs> you know, my assumptions about you, well, yeah. that makes me start thinking. You know, <laughs> what a right, right, right. You know? right. Uh Well, the thing that makes me think that he didn't uh, take offense was that he was not a member of the Buddhism Meetup group until a- a- after he emailed me, and then I emailed him back, and then after that, he did join the Buddhism group, and then RSVP'd yes, that he would show up on Saturday. He didn't show up, but uh, it still <laughs> gives me reason to think that he, he yeah. didn't take too much offense by it. Yeah, oh, good, good, yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, and, and actually, I, his response doesn't, I mean, I'm not really much concerned with I'm just interested in your response. <laughs> and that was that was what surprised me. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. I you know you make a judgment call. I, I think there was something about the way he wrote his sentences that just made me think that he was looking for somebody to give him a little bit of a kick. Oh, I in a certain probably, direction. Yeah, and I think you're probably right. I mean, there's no question about that. You know, I mean, I agree with you. Okay, but I don't, but I that's uh, that's what that's one issue. How you respond to that is another issue. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it comes down to style. And I'm not and I'm not criticizing. I'm not saying what you did is wrong. I'm just saying it's uh, unlike my expectations of you. 
And again, my expectations of you are purely my problem, (laughs) my expectations, and you're certainly not bound by my expectations of what how you should behave. You know. Well, everybody has a multitude of different modes, I guess, that come out in certain circumstances. Yeah, I think so. Well, most, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a whole different theory, (laughs) a whole different story about the nature of the self, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. I guess uh, there's there's a center of gravity where you know where you you're mostly centered on, and but you know like fifty percent of your responses come from one level. That means twenty five percent come from above that, and twenty five percent come from below that. And no, it doesn't mean that at all. That's just it's just a law of averages. May, well, well, maybe it is, maybe it's not. Maybe uh, no, you can, that's a whopping assumption on your part that fifty cent. You know, fifty percent, and then twenty-five, and twenty-five below. It might be two above and forty-eight below. Well, you get what I'm saying. Well, no, I don't get what you're saying. What you're saying doesn't make any sense. I mean, I know what you're trying to say. I think. I'm sorry. I'm jumping all over your language. Do I have permission (laughs) to do this? (laughs) Well, it's it's a cloud of probability. You know, and and the closer you get to it, it is a cloud of probability, or you choose to think of it that way. (laughs) <laughs> it's useful to think of it like that. It, it might be useful to you at this moment to think about it that way, maybe. I'm, yeah, I wouldn't quarrel with that, but it sounds more like you were saying that's the way it is, rather than merely a way of thinking about it that might be useful. Right. Well, it's just a matter of the, 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 the amount of likely response that a person is likely to give at any one time. It's not 100% probability that you'll hit exactly those notes. You, you may veer off wildly, but in general, you will hit a certain spectrum within, within, a, oh, within a certain level of certain boundaries. Who and that's, that's, that's what you're identifying. You. When you say you, are you talking about people in general? Are you talking about yourself, or are you talking? Who are you talking about? Uh, yeah, just the general you. Just. Uh huh. Well, all I can say is I think that's that's certainly one way to think about it. <laughs> I, I won't quarrel with you. I don't know. I, you know, but I guess I hear this in everybody. You know, uh, is what it sounds like to me is more like a statement about the way it is rather than the way I am choosing to think about it. Yeah. Well, we're talking about we're talking about personality which really doesn't have anything, you know, physically correlative to that we can point well, to. No, of course there's no such thing as personality. It's a hypothetical construct that couldn't exist without language. Well, that is what you're saying is that you you have an expectation of, of my reactions or my personality or my uh, attitudes, and <laughs> I'm sorry. And if it, yeah, <laughs> I hope I'm not being too obnoxious. Am I being too much? No, I'm not being too obnoxious. I'm just going to be me, the the the, the uh, language analyst, <laughs> and you can tell me to shut up anytime. Yeah, if we don't if we don't have a physical correlate, then you, you know a certain amount of reification has to take place in order to just get anywhere talking about it. Well, no, may, what I'm suggesting is that maybe there isn't anything to talk about. 
<laughs> maybe that the very attempt to talk about it, you know, it's that whole that whole idea of trying to solve a non-existent problem. Mm-hmm. You know, that itself becomes a problem. <laughs> mm. Well, and, the, and I'm the, thinking. Well, again, yeah, and this and this is that tough one too about getting down to how how much of what we think we know and what we think makes sense is really nothing but a bunch of empty verbal formulas that don't hook up to reality, whatever that means. Mm. <laughs> any at any point, they're just these old ways of talking that we've been programmed to do. And so we continue talking that way. It feels like it ought to mean something. You know, it has a sort of nice, warm, fuzzy feeling when we say those kinds of sentences. But when you look at them under the cold light of analysis, they are literally meaningless. Well, I think we've managed to accomplish a fair amount with the idea that there is something called a self, there is something called an identity or personality. Uh, we, uh, I'm not sure. I think we have. Mm. I mean, it's there. It may be, uh, have, maybe if it hadn't have been for that, we might have been much further evolved than we are. That may have been mm. an impediment. It may have been a bad idea. Mm. There may be other ways to have formulated experience that didn't involve the self at all. In fact, well, I think it would have been a lot better. <laughs> well, I think I could make a, I think I could make a case for what I'm saying, though. Well, I it, think it, you it, can make a case for anything. Yeah, that's but that's exactly the point. <laughs> then the case becomes, you know, well, if you can make a case for anything, how do you decide, you know, how how to base your behavior? Mm, you, you look. You look at a track record. You look at what we've uh, accomplished, and I'm referring to the 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 concept of having a, a self, an I, that something that is a consciousness and awareness and a personality is something that we can deal with. Is something that basically the whole uh, psychological uh, field is based on that and yeah. I think it can be said that it's made a, a little bit of progress over the hundred years that's well, yeah, we're beginning to realize it doesn't exist yeah we're beginning to make some progress it's a great idea well if we understand the have been saying it for 2,500 years uh, not, <laughs> so. not 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 specifically the way that the, the Western psychology has developed not specifically this way no, I mean, but I think they're coming together on that sense that this, the self is a fiction. It doesn't exist. Period. Mm. It's mm. not capable of doing anything because it, it doesn't even exist. <laughs> well, in the absolute... Again, there's a word. You know, we got a word, you know, but just because there's a word doesn't mean there's a thing behind it. You know, I can make can up it? any word. Flute spot. You know, I can define that as anything I want to, but that doesn't mean there's such a thing. Mm-hmm. Well, Dave, I got to I got to hand it to you. I've, I've handed it to you before, but you you're really able to withstand a withering attack. <laughs> I love you, man. I really do. Well, Most, I. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the absolute sense, yes, it's true. This is all just an illusion. This is all just what a dream other, that eventually we will what is wake the, up. What other sense is there? Eventually. When, are we, when is it going to happen? When? 
eventually. Well, you, uh, you, the usual uh, um, routine is that it'll happen at death. Well, I don't think that's good enough. I mean, no, I mean, well, I guess it's, yeah, what this crazy idea I've got of a mass awakening on this planet, that the entire species uh, literally uh, being as awake as any awakened person has ever been, that that becomes the sort of standard mode of consciousness on this planet. Hmm. I mean, that's actually, I don't see any other solution, actually. I think that's absolutely necessary. <laughs> you know, there's no, nothing short of that is going to get us out of the mess we're in. Obama isn't going to do it. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but when you say mass, you mean uh, as, as a very, very high percentage? I mean like everybody, everybody. Who's mm. in the game. I mean, there may be people in New Guinea living in the highlands there uh, who are out of the game, and what they do is irrelevant, actually. We should just get the hell out of there, leave those people alone, and let them do whatever they want to do and quit screwing around with them. But those of us in the matrix, in the Earth, you know, the global high-tech civilization, uh, it seems to me that in order to participate in that kind of civilization, we will need people who are actually awake. People who are aware of the fact that they create their own reality, that there's nobody they can blame or whine about, and that they take responsibility for their behavior. Hmm. Short of that, I don't think anything is going to make, you know, I, I mean, a planet full of language monkeys like we've got right now are going to destroy this planet, it looks like to me. Of course, I tend to be apocalyptic about things, but I don't think that's an unreasonable assumption. So the way I'm taking what you're saying is there is no internal subjective uh, reality existence going on. Uh, I'd say it doesn't make any difference if there is or not. I'd say the whole point is move. Hmm. Maybe there is. So what? Well, <laughs> it under, well, understanding that does quite a bit to uh, whether or not uh, uh, actual well, human well, suffering can be alleviated. By whom? Well, that, Who can that, that, alleviate your suffering but you? I mean, unless you're talking about physical pain, you know, if you're, you've got a stomach ache or something. But if, what, what do you mean human suffering? You mean the stupid bullshit nonsense that people agonize about when their egos are hurt or their husband leaves them or somebody insults them? <laughs> what are you talking about, human suffering? Or do you mean the fact that people are starving to death and people getting blown up in suicide bombs? <laughs> what are we talking about? Well, everything is is what I was saying before was I don't think that the great traditions of of mankind of the east have, have had anything like the psychological insights that we've 
developed over the last uh, 150 years. I agree so. with you completely. Yes. I'm, that's why I keep talking about this emerging technology of consciousness. The way they've been talking about it for the last 2,500 years obviously hasn't been very effective. <laughs> you know, if they actually had found some effective way to talk about this, the world would be enlightened by now. But those insights that I'm talking about really do pre-assume that there is something that we're dealing with that's called a, a self and identity uh, consciousness. Well, maybe the way you think. Yeah, I, I, I agree. That is the way you think. You assume that there is this thing called a self that can get better and that can wake up and uh, and all that. Yeah. <laughs> And I would say that's one way of thinking about it. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it's one map. It's not the way it is. It's a theory. And theories are good. Hmm. So yeah, we got we got to get a lot more um, more clear about specifically where we're where we're um, what ground we're standing on if we want to get anywhere to discuss these issues. Yeah. Well, again, and it seems to me that one good place to start is eliminating nonsense. Well, actually, there's an even better place to start, and it's like drawing a distinction between the rational scientific use of language and a poetic and uh, creative sort of, well, not creative because they're both creative, but a more poetic use of language as opposed to an analytical use of language. And that's what Earthling was created for because I really think that if we're going to talk about this stuff, Mm. one place we can start is by just simply eliminating the cases where we obviously don't know what the hell we're talking about and admit that and just certain take say that certain words simply are absolutely useless for the purpose of any kind of rational discussion unless you're going to actually define them in some way or other before you get started. Mm-hmm. But of course that's that's tedious and people don't like the tedium of having to d- define their terms and decide what they actually mean about this. They're quite happy though to just blow air out of their pie holes uh, about all sorts of things and then get angry if you start asking them what the hell they mean. <laughs> and your position is there isn't any such thing as self or identity or consciousness or awareness. Well, certainly there's no such thing. I'm, I'm not saying those words or those concepts are useless. I'm just saying if you're going to use those kinds of concepts, then we need to define them for specific purposes. That's why I'm saying, like, you know, the word mind, maybe, or consciousness, could be useful if you had mind one through 17. You know, and if you mean mind three, eight, and 12, <laughs> then say it. But just don't say mind. Mind is, you know, like it's like using the word vehicle. I want you to go uh, down to the vehicle store and buy me a vehicle. And you might want to know, well, geez, do you want a motorcycle or do you want a boat? No, no, just get me a vehicle. It's too abstract a term. It's meaningless. Well, it's not meaningless. It's just that 
I can't, you know, I, it's not going to be very useful for you if you only give me the information that you want me to buy you a vehicle or go buy me some food. You know, you have to tell me what you want specifically in concrete terms. And I think the, all these words like consciousness, self, mind could in fact be useful but only uh, insofar as they can be reduced in any given situation to something concrete. (laughs) And I know that's being picky, but I think for the purposes of scientific analysis, for any kind of serious discussion, I I don't see any way around that. Mm, but we're we're dealing with things that are subjective, that are internal experiences. Yeah, that that makes it even more complex. You're right. You know, it's an that's internal the, experience. That, well, but that's the that's the cleverness of science is finding ways to uh, tease out of objective reality experiments uh, implications that may help us understand things. Or again, there were not things, but get insights into these processes. I mean, that's, that's uh, why some scientists get Nobel Prizes and others don't, and most don't. To a large extent, it has to do with their ability to come up with very clever experiments that actually uh, produce significant learning about things. And that's not an easy process. It's a process that takes time. It takes genius of, of certain individuals to come up with that stuff. You know, it's a, it's not easy. Well, we'd have to do it very responsibly, very clearly. Well, I just think, you know, again, the the more... Well, I don't know. I, I, the, I keep coming back to the paradigm case of... Um, of electricity, you know, it took a long time. The first hundred years of really scientific, rigorous exploration of that didn't didn't really reduce, re- result in any concrete products. I mean, there were some along the way, but it was mostly just abstract laboratory stuff, you know, uh, that was int- of interest to scientists who were exploring those things. But it wasn't really until it was more than 100 years before, you know, electricity, you know, electric lights, for instance, began to show up and and real technology that changed the the course of history, like computers and stuff. That took 150 years. But time's speeding up now, and, and psychology began more than 100 years ago, and it's beginning now to show up as practical things. I mean, there are drugs that really do treat, treat certain kinds of psychosis. You know, really, they, it solves the problem. People have certain chemical imbalances, and it has nothing to do with their psyche or their early bad, early childhood raising or any other damn thing. It's just correcting their body chemistry because they have some weird allele in their genetic makeup. So... You know, it's beginning, although I think we're really, we're, I think in consciousness we're about like where, we, where electricity was in 1900, just beginning to uh, show some promise. 
but it, but like I say, time's going faster now too. So I expect okay, next thirty, forty years. I think I don't. I think that's a, a reasonable time frame to expect. Literally, a technology of consciousness that will allow basically all humans to become as enlightened, whatever that means, or awake, whatever that means, as uh, Jesus or Buddha or anyone else who ever walked on this planet. And of course, I could be crazy. You know, this could all just be this crazy illusion that I have, and everything is all these people. They really are just people, and there isn't going to be any awakening. And it's just, you know, my wishful thinking. <laughs> you know, and the whole thing is just going to muddle on the way it has been until the whole thing, whatever it does. I can't imagine it just muddling on though. You know, it just that's it's just I can imagine a lot of things, but just muddling on, you know, just doesn't really seem like uh, one of the possibilities for me. I don't know. What do you think? You think it can just sort of go on indefinitely like this? Not exactly like this. Well, no, but I mean more or less. You know, people go to work and come home, and companies and governments and going to school and, you know, getting married and having kids and life being about, you know, survival and all that stuff. And, you know, I mean, you, you, hmm. I could imagine the possibility of that. Really? Hmm. Well, that would seem to me like a kind of death for the planet. I don't know. Like a stagnation. And I suppose it could, but it's, I don't know. I guess that's part of this whole transhuman thing. I just don't get what it is that most humans seem to find so great about doing what they do, going to work and raising kids and having a family and and all that. That all just seems so, you know, it's just not for me, I guess, you know. But, it, you know, like getting married. I mean, I see people, and, you know, I'm around people all the time, and especially for young women. I mean, that's. I'd say at least 90% of them, their whole life is pointed at getting married. You know? Hmm. And I think, God, I watched a great movie last night, too. Jason, you're the one who gave it to me. That, um, oh, what was it called? Vicky Christina um, and the name of the city in Spain that I can't remember at the moment. Anyway, what a great movie about relationships and marriage. And <laughs> wow. Oh, what's the famous Catalan city in Spain? The name of the movie is Vicky Cristina and then the name of this city. Have you heard of it? You haven't heard of it, Dave? Uh, not really, no. I mean, the movie? Yeah. Woody, I didn't realize it's a Woody Allen movie. I love the way he uh, he explores the sort of inner fears of people's lives. You know, he's just a master of that. Vicky and uh, Lona. 
Hmm? Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Barcelona, that's it. Thank you. Yeah. Fascinating film. Really, God, I loved it. I just really, really enjoyed it a lot. Hmm. Hmm, I hadn't heard of it. Yeah. It's really pretty quirky movie, you know, in a lot of ways, but it, it, it just, it, it's about these two young women who go to Spain for a couple of months in the summer, and they're very different, and uh, they have some experiences while they're there, and, uh, and then return to the United States after their experiences to go about their lives, that, you know. Mm-hmm. One of them is uh, getting married. You know, she goes over there, but she's engaged to be married, and this sort of ideal American guy who's got plenty of money, a good job, and a big company, you know, and they're going to buy a big new home, you know, and her friends who this, who's this sort of disaffected artiste, you know, who's really useless but thinks of herself as an artiste, you know, and she's just much better than regular people. She wants her, she doesn't want a regular life. She wants an extraordinary life, but she just doesn't know quite what it is. She knows what she doesn't want, but she doesn't know what she wants, you know, and uh, it's just, a, it's it's just the, between the two of them and, and the stuff they go through. It's, uh, well, you know, I'd love to hear anything anybody has to say about the movie. Mm. Well, I like Woody Allen. Maybe I'll uh, download it and watch it. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you do, I'd be, I'd really love to, to um, get your opinion about it. It's a fascinating movie. I don't say anything more about it. <laughs> hmm. I'm surprised that it. Uh, well, again, I didn't, I didn't even know anything about it. So I said, I don't have a TV. I don't know anything about. It. What movies? I don't know if this was ever released or not. I don't. I've never. Seems to me I heard something about it somewhere, but I didn't. I didn't know it was a Woody Allen film. I thought his movies got pretty wide release and and word of mouth, but I don't know. Mm. Maybe that's not true. Mm. He's a pretty big time filmmaker, isn't he? Or is he just like out of the game now, old time <laughs> movie maker or something? Well, you know, he puts out one movie a year, and it's a hit or miss whether he gets any kind of promotion. Yeah. Really? He puts out one a year? Yeah. Really? Woody Allen? Yeah. Oh, amazing. But there must be a whole bunch of movies of his that I've never seen. Well, yeah, if you look at look at the uh, the listing. Well, well I uh, will. Yeah, I will that. look. Oh, yeah, do you comes uh, out. Inter- internet movie database site or what? Right. Yeah. yeah. It comes out and to one one a year. Yeah. Okay. What have you got? Have you got a list of them there? Like the most recent one must be that Vicky Barcelona thing. Which ones? What are the names of some of the ones he's done recently? All right. Um. God, I love the internet. This kind of information is just available because you type in a few letters. All right. You want me to? <laughs> you want me to start? Yeah. Just the most recent. What I mean, the most recent four or five in the last four or five years? Yeah, I'm just okay, curious. Let, why don't I don't start with uh, 2000? 2000 okay. was Small Time Crooks. Okay, I've heard that title. Yeah. Okay. 2001 was The Curse of the Jade Scorpion. Okay, I think I've actually heard of that. Yeah. O two was Hollywood Ending. No, never heard of that. O three was anything else? Nope, never heard of that. 
04 was Melinda and Melinda. Never heard of that. Oh, <laughs> I guess I... Yeah. Well, 05 was Match Point. Nope, haven't heard that. 06 was Scoop. No, never heard of that. 07 was Cassandra's Dream. Geez, I really am out of it, you know? I mean, have you ever heard of any of these movies? I've, I've seen Match Point. I've seen Hollywood Ending. Yeah? What did you think of them? Uh, well, I like Woody Allen. Uh, I, I understand yeah. why people dislike his later movies, yeah. Really? Um, well, I'm, you know, this is great. I'm going to look at those movies. I, I didn't. I mean, I really like Woody Allen. I've liked, I, think I, I don't think I've disliked any movie I've ever seen of his. I mean, some I like better than others. Looks like one but, a year. Uh, it, it, wow. it looks, oh. looks like he missed 1976. But since then, it's been one a year. <laughs> really? Since it's one a year. Yeah. Wow. Well, he didn't do That's anything awesome. in 76. Yeah. But it, ever since then, it's been one a year. Well, he did two uh, in 87. He did oh, two that's in so good to know. That means I have a lot of fun ahead of me <laughs> to look up these movies and watch them. Oh, this is great. I've heard some of those titles, but the titles, I mean, I didn't know they were Woody Allen movies. You know, I didn't see the small print. And, you know, in the newspaper, sometimes, you know, in the movie section, I see things. But, but I don't why look I, very carefully. You that's know. why I follow the artist himself. Yeah. You know, I, I, I follow Terry Gilliam, you know, anything he does. Yeah. You know, the writers I like, I follow the writer, yeah. not the project. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I never gave movies that much, I guess, authority. I follow books. But I've never actually followed. I mean, I you well, up until... You know, like 10 years ago, again, I had a TV. So, yeah. I mean, I was more tuned into the mass media than, I mean, I, I would hear about that kind of stuff, you know, because I watched the news and the entertainment news and all that. So it was easier. But ever since I got rid of my TV, yeah. um, there's a whole parts of this social system that I'm just totally out of touch with, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. Mm. He also did a. He's also done acting jobs. Yeah. Mm. He did a voice in Ants. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess he's still married to Soon Yi. Uh, yeah. yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> They've been married for what thirty years now, or twenty years, or something. She's going to yeah. be an old lady pretty soon. <laughs> He married her when she was like 17, I guess, and he was like 60. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I like his stuff, but uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of them I haven't seen myself. I should I should probably get back to downloading more of them. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch all of those. Yeah. Well. Looks like uh, on the level of about 60 movies or so. Wow, wow. That's amazing. Well, 50, looks like. Well, still, that's a lot of films, you know? I've just always appreciated his sort of nuanced examination, you know, of the self. (laughs) You know, the thing that I say doesn't exist. Yeah. He does a great job of talking about it and exploring it, you know. 
Well, Zelig is kind of a classic, and it's why. Yeah, yeah. For that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's one of the ones I didn't like, actually, all that much. Mm, all right. You know, it was okay. I like the ones that get into su- supposedly normal people, you know, and uh, and sort of explore the relationships, uh, like within a family or between friends or lovers or something, you know. Mm. Those are the things that I find, or he's, at least for me, I just find he... You know, you walk away from the movies, you really there's nothing you can say about it. He doesn't really sum it up or or make sense out of it. He just sort of points to it, you know, and shows you what's going on. And then there's really nothing else to say. You know, you just see it and go, Yeah, okay. That's interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that was kind of the theme of uh, deconstructing Harry. Is that one of his movies? Yeah, 1997. Wow, I can't believe I've got all these movies to watch. This is that great. Was, mm. Who was in that? Deconstructing Harry. Uh, that was the he was he was playing a uh, I think either it was a philosophy professor or a liter, literature professor. I've forgotten which. But uh, Woody Allen. Oh, Woody Allen acted in it too. Yeah, deconstructing Harry, but it was it was all about just exactly that, uh, deconstructing, uh, you know, art and life and film. Oh, cool! Oh man, I'm so happy. You know, I had no idea. I I didn't. I saw this and I was surprised that Woody Allen made it because I hadn't seen a Woody Allen movie in a long time, and I just assumed that he wasn't even making movies much anymore. I was, you know, I was thinking, oh, this is cool. He he made a movie. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, so, one, one a year. Yeah, he. Oh. Uh, they they never lose money because they're so low budget. So yeah, uh, yeah, they they yeah. don't they don't mind giving him the the budget every year for a new movie. Yeah, that's great. And yeah. he basically just does whatever he wants to do. <laughs> Man, what a great position to be in. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing fancy, you know. No no CGI. <laughs> no no need for all of that. No fancy pans and zooms from crane shots and shit, you know, it's just mm-hmm. intimate human behavior, you know. Did you ever hear his uh, stand-up? Oh, yeah, I got a lot of that. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've always, I've been a Woody Allen fan for a long, long time. Yeah. There's a lot of um, old 70s interviews uh, on YouTube with him. Yeah, uh, like uh, the the Dick Cavett show. Mm. Uh huh. God, you know, it's just such an amazing world. I just got through watching uh, an interview uh, between Bill Gates and Steve Jobs. Mm. Uh, it was two. It was done maybe two years ago, and they sat down on a stage somewhere with two. I don't know who they were, but they're big hot shots in the computer reporting world. You know. And they sat down on a stage and talked for an hour and a half. Bill Gates and Steve Jobs. And there it was on YouTube. It was like 11, 10-minute videos. You know? Mm. And, again, just the fact that this stuff is just all there. You just go click on it, and there it is, you know? Mm. God. One of my favorite writers wrote a... uh 
and recited a poem that's uh, on uh, YouTube right now uh, about uh, it was for the uh, Robert Anton Wilson Memorial uh-huh. service, and he read this uh, wonderful poem about. Hey, it's, uh, I can't, listen, can I stop you just for a second? I'm sure, sorry, sure. I got to hand something here. Right back. All right, sure. Ah, oh, now you're back. Yes. The thing is, it's been quite busy here, and I've been out of coffee, and, and all of a sudden there was nobody. And I hate standing in line, so the minute there was nobody in line, I had to go get in line to, or go get my coffee. <laughs> yeah. All right. and now there's a line again. You know, I mean, it's been pretty busy here today. So anyway, you were telling me about your friend uh, who's got a poem on YouTube. Oh, it's oh, just about uh, our Robert Anton Wilson, if you have any interest. It's only about, like, three minutes long, but uh, uh-huh. he, he just describes his, his life and story. I thought it was very touching. Yeah, put the link so, anyway. in. Put the link in, okay? Uh, let me see if I'll pull it up here. Okay, it's on YouTube. Yeah, all the, the big three, McKenna, Leary, and, um, and Wilson. <laughs> men are all gone now. Oh man, those three together were were <laughs> oh, an inspiration to me. Anyway, Alan Moore. Yeah, that's right. Okay, good. I got it. I'll watch it later. I'm not going to do it now. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, YouTube is the most amazing resource. It's just, it just absolutely astounds me every time somebody sends me a link to something there that just absolutely knocks me out. <laughs> Did I send you that link about the mechanical dog? <laughs> um, No. Let me let me post it here again because this is just well, I think uh, one of the most amazing um, physical inventions that I've seen in a long time. And let me see if I can find it here. Actually, I think that's a better version of it. The first one I linked is kind of out of sync. I this I think this one isn't. Oh, okay, good. So. Okay, in the, in the one I gave you, hold on, you know, and I'll get this other one here, too. Yeah, I don't think TalkShoe Pro Live lets you click on these. Uh, well, it does on the Mac version. Well, maybe I'm missing something. Hmm. You just have to um, put your... I, what I do is I, I put my mouse over the text and hold the control key and click, and a little pop-up thing says copy. Oh, yeah, that did work. Yeah. That worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
it's just an absolutely amazing piece of engineering. Yeah. You know? And wait till you haven't seen anything yet. Near the end, they do some really, um, I mean, just watching it. You know, and if you notice the legs, I mean, it almost looks like two people facing each other. The front legs uh, are are not going the same way the rear legs are. They're they're like the same mechanism, but just turned around 180 degrees. Uh-huh. You know, it's just, uh, and yet, I don't uh-huh. know how, how long... Did you see the part where they kicked it? Yeah. 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 I mean, that astounds me. You watch it stumble, you know, and regain itself. And then when it's on ice, slipping, it looks like a deer. You know, it looks like a deer, uh, you know, trying to it's trying to stand up on ice or something, you know? Yeah. I think they do, like, robot uh, locomotion contests where, oh, yeah. you know, you have to get to a predestined, de- uh, determined uh, place. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of lot of work going on in that field, but I mean, that's the first one I've ever seen that that just blew me away. <laughs> you know, watching it, uh, how how all it, all of that could work together. You know, without a self. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. just just. Uh, a bunch of circuitry, and yet it can respond. When, when that guy kicked it, and it, you know, and it stumbled and regained right. itself, I that just absolutely. I mean, it took my breath away. I mean, I was like, I could feel. I felt sorry for the thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how can you kick that thing? Shame on you! <laughs> you know, you mean person, you. <laughs> Did you feel that when you saw it? Um, well, maybe a twinge, but uh, yeah, a little bit. It, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's kind of interesting because it's almost like um, what? It's, that's what I'm looking for. It's again, you know, we're like primed to attribute a self to things. Right. When I see that thing, it's like I want there to be a self there. <laughs> you know, I, like I said, when, when he kicked it, I, I felt like, I mean, it's just like someone kicking a dog. Right. I mean, it was, wasn't quite, you know, but I mean, I was just totally captivated by the movement of that thing. Just the, the fact that it moved that way, it looked so lifelike. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've never seen anything. I mean, I've seen things that move, but they they didn't have that. This has got a special sort of lifelike quality that I'm just... I've never seen before. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that 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 was cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, eventually it'll get uh, cheaper, and uh, everybody everybody will own one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it'll be cuddlier, and, and you know, <laughs> everything, you know. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. hmm. I have I had a comment, but uh, might not. Uh, 
I'm sorry, what? Well, nothing. Well, nothing really. But you you have a comment. No, I was something. just gonna. I was just gonna say this is probably. Well, no, it wasn't anything. It was just a random thought passed through my mind. Well, oh well. So it was just. Yeah, therefore, I, I was it's thinking, not worth anything. Right? <laughs> I was gonna say this is probably a difference between you and me. Uh, uh-huh. Because yeah, I mean, I get, I get this. Yeah, it's a, it's a robot thing. But you know, earlier today, I watched a couple of videos about uh, some new. Uh, well, new new types of push-ups that I hadn't considered before, and the mm-hmm. videos I saw were very impressive. But uh, I could link them to you, but you wouldn't be any any impressed with it. But uh, well, how do you know? Um, well, I could, but uh, I was just going to say, yeah, I guess that's. I think that's like a a difference between you and me. You know, I mean, what you know, when I look at oh, what what is the difference? That's what I'm trying to figure out. What it is your what it is that's different? You have well, told me that. Look at um, did you uh, did you didn't respond to that thing like it was a, it was just a mechanical thing to you and it you didn't have well, any sort of visceral response when that guy kicked it. Um. No, no, I was, I was, I really meant, you know, that, uh, that when I'm watching videos of, uh, a, a, you know, human performance that is to me very impressive, then, uh, you know, that that to me is a lot more uh, 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 motivating and inspiring to me than I would uh, think it would be for you. And that's all. Oh well, oh well. I, I think you're probably wrong. Actually, okay. They're, they're, all they're right. Different. Have you ever? You know who Michael Motion is? No, that sounds vaguely he's a, familiar. He's a juggler and uh, acrobat, oh. and he that's does yeah. some of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. You cannot watch that guy without being absolutely in awe of the stuff that he does. I mean, there's nobody on the planet who does stuff like Michael Motion does. It's, I believe it's M-O-C-H-E-N, and he's on YouTube, too, so you will have great fun yeah. uh, looking at Michael Motion. Oh, I'll bet, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's some yeah. Good, good juggling videos yeah, that I've seen. Yeah. Well, it's just, I mean, the, 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 I mean, to call what he does juggling is an insult. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, he's an artist who does stuff with his body, that uh, that no other human being has been able to do, you know. He he's unique in. I mean, there are lots. Of, I mean, that's not like he's the only human being in the world. I mean, there are probably thousands of people around who have some who've developed some special thing they can do. You know, that's just mind-boggling. You know, I mean, some basketball players are like that. You know, there are certain. I mean, almost every sport probably has a few people. Who are just almost super normal, you know? Oh, that's right. Jason says that he's on TED, too. That's right. Uh, there's a nice, really good, high-quality video of Michael Motion 
on Ted. Yeah, I think that's the one I'm watching now. Yeah, where he's bouncing the balls in, in with the music inside that triangle. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, in that case, yeah, I have, I've, I've, I mean, I've seen another clip of him doing that exactly yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. 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 I just didn't know it was that was him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I've seen that clip. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If anyone who's paying attention <laughs> should know who Michael Motion is. Yeah. 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 In fact, that's what I was. That's what. That's what I had in mind when I was thinking of uh, good juggling videos that I've seen in yeah. the past on yeah. uh, on the. Uh, YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a guy who does a routine to um uh Beatles song. Um for, forgotten the name of the guy and the name of the song. I think that's Michael Motion. <laughs> I think that's I don't think it was Michael Motion, no. It's somebody else. Okay, well he he's certainly done then okay, then some someone else is uh, yeah, cuz I mean isn't that one there to a Beatles song? Um, well, I could try and find that well, the one I'm thinking of. It, uh, yeah, well, it's not important. I mean, it, you know, anyway, it's all out there. Yeah. Chris Bliss was the guy I'm thinking of. That That's What's a good it? clip. Chris Bliss. Okay, no, never heard of him. C-H-R-I-S-B-L-I-S-S. Okay, yeah. All yeah. right, well, another thing for me to look up. All right. <laughs> oh, well, the, man. Yeah. The clip I'm talking about actually got uh, circulated quite a while, uh, a bit, for uh, a couple years ago, I think it was. Yeah. I'm talking about is the must see finale. I've seen this guy. Okay, yeah. I, all right, yeah. This is okay. Oh. You're right. I've seen this one too. Yeah, yeah. People forwarded it a lot, like a year or so ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen the same one. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know his name though. But yeah, yeah. That's pretty impressive stuff. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I love stuff. You know that when people devote useless <laughs> in any productive sense. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like playing well, the piano. It's the same thing, you know. You know, I mean, you can make your fingers do weird things. <laughs> well, uh, 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 yeah. Oscar Wilde said, "All art is useless." 
So. Yes, that's the, yeah, I think that's the whole point. Well, I think the universe is sort of useless when you get right down to it. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> you know? <laughs> what is the point, you know? Yeah, you're kind of you're you're kind of cutting in and out actually. Um, it's not been too bad, but yeah. uh, every so often I think I lose like five seconds or so. Oh really? Um, okay. Well, that's that's not good. Mm. That's not too bad, but well, five seconds is a, a long time. That would totally destroy a sentence. <laughs> Yeah, but it's not. It, I think it's happened uh, maybe three times so far. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's not too bad then. But in any case, for those five, if it happened three times, that's three sentences you didn't get. <laughs> and we all know, of course, every sentence that comes out of my mouth is memorable. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe not everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. Well, are we through, Dave? Do we have more to talk about, or uh, mm. should I go back to Watts? Uh, well, we might. Um, I mean, I, I you know, I, I, I still want to know where, what ground, you know, we stand on theoretically in order to move forward. Uh, with any uh, uh, pursuit, because if, yeah. we, if we if we're going to talk about you know subjective matters, I mean that we do have to make uh, at least the assumption that there is a subjectivity, that there is a something that's perceiving and uh, uh, feeling, conceptualizing. I was just really distracted by an absolutely outrageously gorgeous woman who just walked in here. So excuse me while I regain my composure. No problem. (laughs) Um, I'm not quite sure I understand what you just said, actually. Why don't you try saying that again? Yeah, since now I'm back, I've got my composure back here. Try that again, (laughs) Dave. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I, yeah, it's what I've said before is, um, if we're going to deal with matters of subjectivity, um, you know, at the very minimum, we do have to uh, admit that there is uh, something subjectively interpreting or consciously aware, or, and feeling, and emoting. Mm. Do we? Well, if if we're going to uh, uh, apply any uh, any uh, effort towards understanding and helping that subjective self, then oh, I see. Okay, for the purposes of assisting selves that don't exist to waking up <laughs> from the fact to the fact that they don't exist. You know what? I'll what, agree with that. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Sure. That that sounds okay. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's that 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 is one of the differences, I guess, between you and I, in that I've given up on that. But and that and, I, and we've talked about that before. Is you have 
apparently not infinite, but damn close to it, patience uh, to listening to people who actually think they exist. <laughs> you know? And I don't. Right. Well, if the yeah. goal is is to get to that transcendent uh, singularity point, uh, then we do have to... Uh, I mean, I probably would go without saying. We We have to move people towards that. Um, yeah, the question is which people, and of course I think we should be concentrating on people under the age of puberty. And again, I, and again, I, it's just a personal thing on my part. You know, I agree with you. You're absolutely right. Uh, and I think uh, it won't be too much longer, like I say, as this, uh, as this technology of consciousness begins to catch on and develop, that um, that the helping will become far more effective, you know, and that, and that right now, as you know, what, 95% of people who, you know, uh, go into any of this stuff, you know, you know, what percentage of people are enlightened? It's a tiny, tiny percentage. You know, people, med- people meditate for 20 years and they're still on the way, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, I, I think you're right. I think uh, you can't give up on them because as the world gets weirder, even adults will begin to wake up, <laughs> you know, and and you can help them. And there will be more and more who are open to that concept, you know, uh, and and able to, you know, get their egos out of the way long enough to actually maybe wake up. I, I, I agree. So, yeah, that. I, I think you should continue. That's why I was disappointed in you when you responded to that guy the way, because I try, because that's the way I respond. <laughs> I try to get rid of him, you know, as quickly as possible, you know, and I, I sort of rely on you to actually be compassionate and listen and help. <laughs> that's what you're here for, Dave. <laughs> And I think you will be uh, rewarded for that, too. I I think right now you must be somewhat frustrated knowing that the vast majority of the people you talk to aren't changed in in any way that's like what you would like to see, I think. You know, basically it's, it's, you know, for the most part, except occasionally, more or less useless. But I think, again, if you keep at it, you will find over the next few years that you're going to be more and more effective as more and more people. Well, just like 20 years ago when I was talking about the stuff I'm talking about, most people's eyes just glazed over, you know. I mean, they really couldn't even understand what I was talking about. Of course, I'm a little better at talking about it, but more than that, they're better at hearing it, (laughs) you know. And... um, so as time changes, as it moves forward, you know, I think you'll you will find more and more people receptive to this, and really at a point where they're going to actually start, you know, seeing some big changes. So that should be very rewarding.
Okay, so then I have to reconceive what the what the project is then. Well, do you have a project? Uh, well, if the goal is to encourage this uh, singularity point to arise, mm-hmm. then yeah, a lot of the, the the way I was thinking we go about it are not the the same way that you were thinking of going about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There are many ways. Yeah, you have to find your way of going about it, and I'll find my way of going about it. And maybe our ways will complement each other. I assume they will. You know, that you know that that that's what we're all doing. In sense that we each bring a piece or two of the puzzle, or maybe several. Some people may have more than one piece. You know, and and then our job is to sort of put our pieces on the table and see if any of them fit together. <laughs> So the question once again, Dave, is is there anything more for us to talk about until I go back to Alan Watts? Um Yeah, I, I yeah, I don't know where else to Yeah, it's okay, we don't need to continue. go on. You know? I got I've only got ten more minutes. I can go right back to Alan Watts. Everyone loves Alan Watts. I don't mind being a DJ. <laughs> it's okay. Hmm. Well, you know. If I sent you like a paragraph or two, would you read them? Uh, not right now. No. All right. A paragraph or two by who? Um. Uh, yeah, I'm not really sure. Well, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's no need to to struggle to find something to talk about. If there's something that's on your mind that you want to talk about, let's talk about it. If you're looking around for something to talk about, then let's not talk. Yeah, well, it's just a matter of, you know, figuring out where the... I I keep saying the same thing, uh, where we stand. Uh, uh, We have to stand on some ground in order to make any progress. Mm. Well, again, I don't even know what that means. I mean, those are nice metaphors. We have to stand on some... I'm sitting on a chair. That seems to work. <laughs> you know, well, yeah, but all, every t- 
Every time I bring up anything regarding the self or consciousness, uh, yeah, then the response comes back that it doesn't exist. And uh, well, no, I don't know well, if that's... Okay, that's the better way to talk about it. Is I don't know what you mean when you use those words. And I'm, define... I'm, yeah. and I'm never sure how how useful it is to keep to keep saying well, that. Well, then just well, just I, to I say agree that with you. Should... Well, let's quit talking about self. Let's talk about something else. Well. No, I mean, you know, how useful it is to keep saying that people should should wake up but uh, and understand that there's no self, but, it, you know, it doesn't well, seem to... Well, I don't to... say that. I don't say that. You say that. I mean, I, I say, I don't... Again, I've given up on trying to wake people up, adults anyway. I don't think that's a very profitable way to go in 2009. You know, I just don't think... Many of them are actually going to wake up. I think, I think um, that that that's what's so is just the way it is, and that's that. And I'm not interested in dealing with them. I'm looking for the people who are already sort of there. You know, I'm not I'm not trying to convince people that they should do this. Again, I think some people should be doing that out there, convincing people, to showing them, explaining to them, and all of that, and, and encouraging them to meditate and whatever. But um, that's not my job. <laughs> yeah, so we can talk about other things. Yeah, because really, every time you want to talk about self, I'm going to ask you, or I'm just going to, I'm not going to say it doesn't exist. I'll just say I really don't know what you mean when you use that word. So it's sort of pointless to have a discussion about the self, if, at least for me, if I don't actually know what you mean by that. That's sort of why I focus on language, because language... There are aspects of language that are, are not merely subjective. You can actually look at a string of words that someone has thought or written, and you can examine those words for unconscious assumptions and all sorts of stuff, and there's nothing really very subjective about that. And people have these monologues going on inside their heads all day it, with which they construct the story of their lives, mostly totally unexamined as to the... Uh, and so when you start deconstructing the actual language of their story, that's what I'm interested in doing. And there's nothing really very subjective about that. You can actually talk about that. You can actually reprogram your language machine to change the way it, uh, it generates language. And you don't need to talk about self or anything. You just talk about changing language. Well, it can't be as simple as just if I, every time I wanted to say the word self, if I just say the word language machine. Uh, well, would you, that, yeah, wouldn't, that, that would solve it, because then you wouldn't be talking about the self, you'd be talking about the language machine. 
<laughs> Even though, to me, in my mind, it would be uh, identical. It would just be a substitution. No, I'll take that, yeah. <laughs> I, I'd say that's sort of defeating the whole purpose, though. If you're going to use the word language machine to mean more than just the language machine, then you probably shouldn't use that word. Mm. Okay, well, then we'd have to come to a very specific well, see, definition. Is, you, you, now, my question is, you insist on using the self... All right, so if you insist on using that word, what makes it different than the language machine? Mm. Well, yeah, we'd have, we'd have to come to very specific definitions. But no, you would have to, because you're the one who wants to use the word. I don't want to use the word. I want to use the word language machine, and I can tell you exactly what I mean by that. <laughs> if you want to use the word self, fine. Tell me what you mean by it. If it's not the language machine, what is it? And that's what I'm saying. There's no such thing as an it. There's no it there in the sense that I have the word Macintosh, you know, MacBook Pro, and I have a MacBook Pro sitting in front of me on the table. There it is. It exists. I have a word for it. The word refers to this thing. It has properties. It weighs whatever it weighs, and it costs however much it costs. And uh, there it is, and I can pick it up and, and all that. But when you use the word self, you're assuming that there is something somewhere that is that exists in the same way that this MacBook Pro exists, and that's why I'm denying it doesn't. There is no such thing as a self. At best, self is a, a sort of pattern of behavior, which makes sense. That could be useful. But a pattern of behavior is not a thing. So, okay, I mean, if um, I'd have to get used to that practice, but uh, I'm, I'm not sure how it would work for me to say something like, well, the language machine is depressed, or... No, that wouldn't make much sense, no, because I don't no. think language machines get depressed. They just are language machines. Right, so what is, what's the thing that's depressed? I don't know. I haven't got a clue. Does there have to be a thing that gets depressed? Or can there just be depression without a thing that is depressed? I mean, we, we have to, why do we have to say it is raining? What is raining? The rain? What's raining? Why is there an it that is doing the raining? That's just a purely a figment of language, a, a, an arbitrary rule of syntax that requires a noun to be to initiate some action we you know we have to say it is raining so you can't just say rain because that's not real language people would say <laughs> or raining but i'm saying why why do we need an it that is depressed why isn't there just depression okay so what we would do is we would say depression is happening observation is happening mm, emotion yeah, is happening that works. Yeah, I okay. like that. All right. Of course, of course, how useful is that? I don't know. Again, we need. Yeah, I keep saying, you know, that analogy to electricity in 1800. I think our job is to invent new language. You know, <laughs> to talk about this stuff in ways that is actually powerful. Mm-hmm. And uh, and but it, at least we can eliminate the nonsense and then fuddle around, you know, muddle around trying to come up with new ways of talking about these things. And I think when we strike on them, we will know it. Like I, said, I think the language machine 
Well, it's not really all that new. I mean, monkey mind is essentially talking about the same phenomenon. That's at least 2,500 years old. But calling it a language machine sort of updates it a little bit. And I think that's really a, a clearly identifiable function that is very important and, uh, and, and clears up lots of stuff, you know, lots of questions that just don't have any answers. Uh, when you start thinking in terms of language machines, the questions themselves just dissipate. And I think self is one of them. I think, for the most part, what we mean by self is really uh, certain kinds of behavior in the language machine. Is this reification of stuff, you know, because of the noun structure of most languages, apparently, requires there to be an it that is seeing. You can't just have seeing. You have to have an it that is doing the seeing. But this is old stuff in Buddhism. Buddhism, all Buddhism denies all that stuff. I mean, I'm not saying anything that, you know, radical here. I mean, this is just sort of your standard Buddhist stuff. The self is void. But that's not an analogy. They mean it seriously. Hmm. Well, it'll take a bit of getting used to. Maybe a bit. Well, a lot of things. Everything takes you know getting a bit of getting used to. Being born <laughs> takes a bit of getting used to. <laughs> yeah. Being alive, being aware, being conscious in the universe uh, does require a little getting used to. You know, I'll tell you, Dave, I really appreciate your willingness to uh, slog through this stuff with me. I know it's, um, well, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know anything to scratch that. Anyway, I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that you're willing to, to put up with my sort of harsh analysis of things. It, I find it really helpful. I mean, it helps me to... Um, to try to find better ways to talk about it. I know that the ways I'm talking about it are not adequate. But believe me, I'm quite well aware of it. If they were, we'd have that technology of consciousness, and we'd only have to say it to a person one time, and they'd wake up. And that would be the end of it. Mm-hmm. But we're just not there yet. I'm certainly not there. But, you know, I'm working on it. <laughs> and every time I get to have a conversation with you and you keep asking me the same questions because you're not satisfied with my answers, you know, I mean, most people would just say, well, this guy's an idiot. He can't answer my questions and not come back and bug me about it. <laughs> you know, so thanks. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it, it just takes a lot of uh, diligence. 
Well, this is the job. Like I say, the job is to invent new language. And when my language is inadequate, and I know that it is inadequate most of the time, then, you know, it's just, it's inadequate. And I feel the frustration about it. And you feel the frustration about it. But I think it's good that we keep struggling with it. Because one of these times, you or I are going to blurt out something and both of us will go, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's better, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And we'll say, yeah, that's a good idea. I like those words. Let's try them out again, you know. And uh, you know, say the, the language machine concept has been around in my vocabulary for several years now, maybe 10 years, I don't know, quite a while. But it's only in the last couple of years since being here that, that I've found how useful that concept really is. You know, and that people respond to it one way or another. I mean, some people don't like it. Well, almost nobody doesn't like it. It may not be as important to some people as I think it is, but they, but almost everybody gets it. You know, that, that voice in their head is mm-hmm. pretty mechanical and that it sort of goes on by itself and that it's really not who I am. Understanding the idea, of course, is helpful, but unfortunately that's not enough. There's a difference, like I keep saying, between understanding it and actually getting it. Mm-hmm. But understanding it, at least, is a beginning. <laughs> you know? Right. Okay. I mean, I'll have to play around with it, with it a bit. Well, listen, we're going to be, I'm going to be working on this for the rest of my life. You know? And I assume you will be, too. I don't, I don't think there is an end to awakening. It's an ongoing process. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. who knows what, what unimagined awakenings lie in front of us. I mean, they have to be unimagined because we don't know what they are, you know? Uh, a large part of it, I think, is just becoming comfortable with how much we really don't know, or at least how much we can't say. Let's just make a distinction between knowing and saying. Uh, usually those two mean sort of the same thing, but not always. And, you know, really getting comfortable with, with, uh, with not being able to answer certain questions or even mm-hmm. formulate certain questions, I think that's even more important. And getting that we have these vague questions that that aren't really questions at all. They're just these sort of vague uh, linguistic formulas that are floating around in our head with a lot of energy, but they're not well formulated as real questions. They're just sequences of words that we've been literally hypnotized into uh, using. And uh, we have a lot of emotional attachment to certain words going together in certain orders even though we haven't got a clue what any of it means. 
Yeah, you know, I think one of the most important breakthroughs, I haven't actually thought about this, and I don't recall a moment when it dawned on me, but this is one of those things that sort of gradually dawned on me over the years, was that it was really, like I said, getting comfortable with not, well, the way I said it was not knowing, but actually it's probably better to say getting comfortable without being able to say it. You know, being comfortable uh, in the ineffableness of something, you know, that, that you know, and, and not see. For a long time, I was sort of plagued by the need to understand stuff, to be able to say it, to organize it into a set of theories and stuff like that. And it took me a, a long time to just sort of let that go. You know, I mean, sometimes the, the theories do come and sometimes they work. And uh, and right now, just like in 1800, in 1800, there simply was no adequate understanding of electricity. People did not understand it. They didn't have the language to do it. And that might have been frustrating, but at least understanding the situation we're in helps. You know, realizing, okay, we just don't have any adequate concepts to deal. We've inherited a lot of silly ways of talking from our ancestors, and they mostly don't work. Although, you know, there's some truths in there somewhere, but, um, you know, but just sort of getting comfortable with that, for me, really, really eased a lot of stuff in my life, you know? You know, you know, you know, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to try and reprogram my language machine to quit saying you know. We'll see how effective I can be. Probably not very. I think I'm too brain damaged. But mm. maybe. We'll see. But I would encourage you, actually, every time you hear me say, you know, if you would just repeat it to me. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, that, it's much easier to reprogram your language and machine with the help of somebody else. Because, you know, as you know, this isn't me talking. This is my language machine. I catch a lot of the nonsense that comes out of it, but it's not easy to, to do that. And if you haven't, that's sort of the point of doing this kind of work here, is that um, trying to reprogram your language machine on your own is possible, but it's a lot easier if you've got people listening to your language machine and pointing out to you how stupid you are all the sure. time. You know, because I'm, I'm sure I miss a lot. Although a couple of people have been bugging me about my use of the phrase, you know. So it's sort of brought up. And now, of course, I hear it all the time. <laughs> and I'm beginning to catch it. But, you know, like I say, if, if you would like to uh, to assist me, all you got to do is just repeat it every time you hear me say it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I'll, yeah, I'll... and if you don't, you know, it's okay if you... It, it, it's just I, I'm going to start paying attention. I well start. I mean, I've always been paying attention, but that's one of those little things. I also use too much profanity. I, I, that's another thing I should. I don't know why I do that. I don't know why I do that because it's, you know. Yeah. Well, there was a you know right there. Ah, thank you. <laughs> I didn't hear it. I missed that one completely. <laughs> yeah, it's again. It, it's my language machine. There isn't time for me 
moment by moment, millisecond by millisecond, to think about what words I'm going to use, get them all together, put them in the right order, inflect them, make sure the nouns agree with the verbs and case and tense and all that. There's no way that can be done consciously. It's done by a set of programming rules in my head called the language machine. Well, what about just the, what we've always been talking about whenever we use the uh, I or, or the self, which we both do incessantly? Well, you have to in English. Yeah, in English. That, yeah that's that, right. Because how else can you say it? Right. Well, you can, well, there are ways that you can say there is depression inherent rather than I am depressed. It sounds affected to people, people who speak of themselves in the third person. You know, Heron is depressed. People tend to react poorly to hearing that kind of stuff. But just when you're talking to yourself, I find that actually quite helpful to use names instead of he did this to me. I can say John did this to Heron. And that has quite a different feeling tone than he did this to me. In fact, try that. I'd be curious to see... Uh, well, we still have a couple of people here. Actually, say out loud, "He hit me." Right now, he hit me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He hit me. I mean, he just say me. it like you mean it. Yeah, okay. Now say, uh, "Karen hit uh, Dave." Karen hit Dave. Do you do you notice a difference in uh, I don't well, know what else to call it, but feeling tone? Or, or yeah. something, you, you notice a difference between those two. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a well, you you you've dissociated yourself from the the uh, the action. Yeah, it's, it's it like you're narrating like a, it. Yeah, it, it doesn't seem to have it for me anyway. Uh, it loses some of the emotional impact. It's just a description, you know. Yeah. Bill hit Heron. Okay, but when when it's he hit me. And all of a sudden, oh, shit, he hit me. <laughs> you know, it's a whole different kind of thing. There was a you know in there. <laughs> <laughs> Great, Dave. You're going to be good at this. You're really going to help me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like you're narrating it, and you, there's no real uh, connection with uh, yeah. what's going on. Yeah, it's more, it has... Well, it just has less emotion attached to it, is what it feels like to me. Okay. It, it, it just doesn't seem to have much emotional energy. It's just, there it is, you know. It has nothing you know. to do with me. You know. <laughs> okay, keep it up, man. If you, if you, if you don't mind doing it, uh, this is great for me. We'll see how quickly I can get rid of it. Anyway, finding ways around these things. Again, the pronoun structure of English is intimately tied up with the concept of self, obviously. You know? Oh, there it was. I heard myself say it that time. Good. (laughs) (laughs) I beat you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, it does start to get to be a very stilted way of talking, and it it won't be as, as intimate as we're used to speaking with one well, another. I'm not, I'm not suggesting we do it all the time. Again, right. remember, Earthling is only for situations where clear thinking is needed. 
which is, if you're doing it right, probably less than 5% of the time. Yeah. We only need to be careful about language when there's serious analysis to be done. Okay. When you're out with your friends having a beer, and as long as nobody's angry and wanting to fight, you know, then yeah. there's really no need for this kind of precision. So I'm not suggesting that Earthling should replace Wild English for all activities, just for analysis, just for doing clear analysis. Yeah. And like I say, if you're doing if you're doing well, you shouldn't need that. I mean, most problems are are self-inflicted. So if you're not inflicting stupidities all the time, then there isn't much need for clear thinking. You know, you just go through, I heard a little yeah. quick, you know, there. <laughs> it was so quick, it was so quick, it almost wouldn't have been heard. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was, boy, it was a little tiny one. This is great. This is great. <laughs> wow. Maybe it is possible for me to actually seriously reprogram a specific phrase right out. I think it should be possible. Interesting. Hmm. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm more interested in seeing how we're going to talk about you know issues of psychological health having eliminated... Uh, all concept of self and identity. Out well, of that very question you just asked was very well worded. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was a really good question, and that's a question that we will uh, we can begin to explore. How are we going to talk about these things if if we don't have access to the word self without actually? That's why I mentioned before. You know, the idea of self one, two, three, up to yeah. self n is that there for specific situations you can, I think, define a self, like when I'm at work um, or when I'm here. You know, I mean, I, there's you know. a certain act. <laughs> I missed that one completely. Um, when I'm here or any place in any situation where I have a sort of stereotypical way of being, like at work or with certain people, there's a certain pattern of behavior that that is developed in those situations and you might want to call that self a self you know self a for okay. me and this is like when i'm with my parents or when i was they're not around now but if i was if i was with my mother i really didn't have to watch my language i didn't have to think about not using cuss words i had a very well developed self if you will for that situation and I didn't have to worry about it. It just came out that way, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know. no. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> so, it is possible to use the word self, I think, in, right. in, in situations, but you have to define what you're talking about. And in that case, like the self, I have a certain self, a certain self at work. I have a way of interacting with the people that are there. Some of it's probably okay, and some of it probably could be a lot better. But I, I've developed this, or I shouldn't say I've developed, a pattern has evolved. Mm. And uh, it's pretty, you know, predictable. 
you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> a lot of them are what I call verbal placeholders. Just a, just a stop point, you know, in the text. You know? Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, I don't I don't mind it when I do it. <laughs> no, I know. I, oh, I know. <laughs> you know, I know. <laughs> that one didn't count. This that one didn't count. Confusing. <laughs> that one didn't count. That was an honest one. <laughs> Sometimes they are liter- liter- legitimately honest. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But it, most of the times I use it, it's just a place. Yeah, you know, it's just it's like uh, instead of going right. uh, I go you know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'd be better if I went uh. No, that's worse. I think I don't mm. know. Hmm. Well, okay, uh, that would take a little bit more thinking about, but I do think there are some uh, typology uh, schemes that do isolate very specific personality traits in certain environments like that. Uh, not specifically the Myers-Briggs, but I'm thinking of the Enneagram uh that do have you you have a certain modality, a certain mode of being in a certain environment, <coughs> certain context. Mm-hmm. Mm. So th- that might be something we could introduce. Yeah. Um, well, there are a lot of those things. Of course, there are a lot. There are multiple theories of self that do let you specify these things, and those right. all can be very helpful. And again, they all lead to research avenues. You know, I mean, if, oh, there you, you know. go. I heard it. Again. You heard it. Um, yeah. Um, but then it really begins to get really pretty scary because you could have hundreds of these things, and then you got to keep them all straight. <laughs> That's you know, <laughs> yeah. and that becomes um, problematic. And, Maybe then we have to start looking at maybe trying to consolidate. Well, then we have at least we could we'd have all these different clearly defined, unique concepts of self, and who knows what we might find in there when we study those, and, mm-hmm. and try to see what what some of them have in common or don't have in common, or can some of them be reduced to others? Can they be put together in categories? Or you know we could we could learn a little bit from that for you know. Yeah, I know. It was a little one, but it was there. You're right. (laughs) This is great. Oh, man. (laughs) Well, it's just uh, developing a map that we can use, and we don't want it to be too complex, because then it's useless, but we don't want it to be too, too overly simple either. Right. Well, we're working on it. You know, we're, there was another one. We're working on it. <laughs> and um, and a lot of people are working at it. A lot of, you know, linguists are working. A lot of psychologists are working at it. A lot of just plain old weirdos out there think about things like this. And over the next decades, let's hope that we can learn from each other and you know, and maybe develop, you know, you know. something, <laughs> something yeah. that'll work. Interesting listening on two levels at the same time. 
that mm, that calls yeah. into question the concept of self also. You know, one of the things that called that in for me was when I'm playing piano, when I'm playing like a box fugue. I mm. can't play four-part inventions, but I have played three-part inventions and certainly two-part fugues. And mm. there are two separate melodic lines, and at times you can actually split and, and, and shape each one independently at the same time. It's a weird experience. It's, uh, it's, um, I don't have language to talk about really, but I've had right. the experience and I can imagine what a really good pianist, a good, right. uh, organist in fact, can get six, actually six melodies going simultaneously because right. they have their foot pedals. So they may have okay. one melody, one or two melodies going on in the foot. And then in the fingers, there may be three or four other melodies going, all same at the same time, and able to sort of separate yourself and make this one a little quieter and bring this one out and crescendo this one and decrescendo that one and speed this one up a little bit. And all at the same time, you can hear them all and work with them all simultaneous. Well, I can do two. <laughs> and And... And that brings up the question of a self, too, I think, at least for me. It, uh, how is that possible to do that with only one self? Mm. Or is that a special situation where uh, two auxiliary selves come, in, come into being for the purposes of shaping these melodies? <laughs> Well, we could just use the word consciousness. Well, you know, but then you got to define that. I mean, that's no better defined than self. You're just putting another, making up another sequence of phonemes and saying, oh, that's what it is, doesn't really help. I mean, because you can just throw the whole concept of self out and just say, oh, well, what we really mean is consciousness. Mm. <laughs> okay, so what's that? <laughs> you know, you don't like self. Okay, now we you got know. consciousness. Oh, I missed that one too. <laughs> wow, it's amazing how unconscious I can be. Well, no, it's not amazing. Actually, I've been aware of it for a long time. But when I have somebody pointing it out to me, <laughs> it it, uh, it takes on a different feeling. I had no awareness of that one at all. <laughs> Yeah, it's just a verbal placeholder, just something to to get get you from one phrase to another phrase. But why should I have to have that? Why not just stop and then start the next phrase? What's the point of that? What does that add to it? Mm, well, Actually, you're, talk, you're talking too fast, I guess would be the problem there. Ah, ah, yeah, that could be related to it. Yeah, perhaps I need to slow down a little bit. Ooh, what a concept. <laughs> I do tend to speak quickly. I know that. You're right. Yeah, and it's just a matter of keeping the, the verbal thing going. You've got the air already exhaling, and uh, something's got to pass over your vocal cords. Dave, that's a great analysis. That's a good one. I like that. 
So your mind makes, has to do something with that no, air. Your mind doesn't have to vibration. No, no, no. Your mind doesn't do a damn thing with it. But your, my language machine sure as hell does. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you call me on your nose, I'll call you on the word mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> and I usually do. <laughs> That's a good analysis. That makes a lot of sense. I like that. <laughs> and you're right. Slowing down might might change that significantly. But can I be present enough to actually slow down? How much control do I have over the language machine on a moment? Well, I know I have hmm. control over it because I've significantly reprogrammed it over the years. But... It was never undertaken quite as overtly as what I'm talking about now. Mm. Mm. Well, we we, we do have to... um, What was I going to say? We have to... um, mm, I lost what I was going to say. Well, it's okay. It was starting out bad. When you start out, we have to. That makes me (laughs) nervous right away. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say most people tend to not allow that, really. If you're in the middle of a heated conversation, it, it's it's hard to stop and really craft what it is you're going to say if the the the, the conversation just has a its own rhythm and its own pace, and you have to match yeah. that. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm always saying is the language machine is just, you know, in a real conversation is just on its own. You know, it's, it's not you know. something on a moment by moment thing basis that we're conscious of controlling. Mm-hmm. It's programming. And the question is, how do we reprogram it? How do we change the way it works automatically? And it's clearly possible to do that. But what would be nice is if we had a really efficient way to reprogram it so that it didn't uh, come up with certain things that just get in the way, like abuses of the word the. I mean, that's the most obvious one, or this reification stuff, or dualism, or, you know, any of these things, you know, that they just simply don't arise in analytic. Again, that complicates it, too, between being in an analytical mode or a poetic mode because the rules are very different in poetry than analysis. Sure. And even no and then there being in a mode that is not defined, which would be a third mode. You know. You know. Or or you could just make it simple as between analytic and non analytic. You know, which could include you know. three and any other good <laughs> another one I missed. Um well, it sidetracks me, but that's good. It's still good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't mind any motive of speaking, and after a while I'd get used to it. But when you're doing analysis, it's useful to know that you're in, in an analytic mode. I, mm-hmm. think. I think that's an essential part. You, you can't really be doing analysis unless you know you're doing analysis. If you just sort of drift in and out of between poetry and analysis without any awareness of, of what you're actually doing, 
I would say that, that certainly can't be analysis then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or certainly not very good analysis. So it requires a kind of declaration of intentions. Now I'm going to do some serious thinking. For the next eight minutes, I'm going to try to use language in a way that actually works analytically. And then at the end of eight minutes, I can say, okay, that was unproductive. Let's go back to poetry. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least non-analytic mode. Let's go out of that mode into whatever else just happens to happen. Well, Dave, (laughs) you know, (laughs) we, we are, actually, that wasn't too bad a one. That one, that was okay. You know, we, it's time for me to wrap this up. We're a half yeah. an hour over. You know, I, I changed the time on this thing. I said, you know, again. You know, I changed time on this. Actually, sometimes that's not not too bad, but it still was necessary. It was unnecessary. Um, I go from 3 to 5 instead of 3.30 to 5.30 now. So I'm about about done here. Is that okay with you? Okay, yeah, that's all right. All right, thank you. And guests four and five and Jason, if anybody has an intention to say, and I would stay for an extra few minutes if somebody actually wants to say something, wants me to turn on their mic, I would be willing to do that. But they better give me some indication of that in the next few seconds, like I want to talk or something like that. And if I don't see that in the next five seconds, then I'm just going to close it down. Okay. So thank you, David. I look forward to our next conversation. Please don't don't believe anything I have to say and question everything I say and, and uh, keep pushing it. I appreciate it. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. All right. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.